Hello, and welcome to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. This week, we're discussing the rapid digital transformation of organizations in both the private and the public sectors. What's driving this really significant set of changes, and where will we end up? To discuss that, my guest this week is Pedro Lorenko, Head of Digital Transformation Consulting at the Kaizen Institute. Pedro Lorenko, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Gavin. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here with you and to talk a little bit about the, how technology is changing the world nowadays. Well, let's dive into that. Why are we seeing this major digital transformation across so many sectors? What have been the, the, the triggers for it? I mean, presumably the, the COVID pandemic was a, a really significant stimulus. Yeah, I would say the so digital transformation has been happening from decades ago. So we, we've been accompanying the, the evolution mainly on industry for industry 2.0, 3.0, 4.0. So there's nothing new in that. But obviously COVID was a, a major driver in forcing companies to change the change the way they do business. So I would analyze this nowadays in three main vectors. One is customer experience. So obviously the pandemic forced most of the companies to shift their focus to digital channels and to e-commerce so they could reach their customers that were trapped at home. And nowadays, obviously drop shipping is also a major trend in the industrial sector. So nowadays as a customer, you can use your, your iPhone with an IKEA virtual reality app you can customize your, your furniture or a sofa and submit an order directly to the manufacturer in another country. And they would ship directly to you in one or two weeks. So this is completely revolutionizing the way that, that companies do business through an improving customer experience and the connection between suppliers and the customers itself. Also, the pandemic also accelerated the, the way that, the, that we are providing healthcare for our citizens as well. So I would say that finally, after COVID, telemedicine and remote remote consultations really took off, and nowadays they are common practice in, across, across several several countries. Another main vector is to look at the workforce. So I would say with the pandemic, obviously, because it forced most of us to work from home and to use virtual collaboration tools like Teams and and Zoom, but also with the current war and um, and the rising inflation rates across the world. We've been seeing a, a, a focus on rethinking the way the, 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 that we are that we are man managing labor. So it's no big news that most of the big tech companies have been laying off thousands of people in the last couple of months, uh, and even offshoring the, the, their labor force to more to cheaper countries. So we've seen that trend a lot. Uh, and on the other hand, we, we've been seeing a change or a shift in our workplaces. So nowadays. We don't, we don't work with our colleagues table by table, or we are not seeing, seeing our colleagues every day. We are working with people from all over the world at the same time, seamlessly interacting with, with people from other countries and really improving businesses and improving productivity. So that's, that's one, of the, one of the areas that we've been seeing a lot of change. And I think the third one, it's all over the news in the last couple of months, which is artificial intelligence. And with the increased popularity and interaction that people are having with generative AI models like ChatGPT or even Microsoft after acquiring OpenAI and incorporating Microsoft Copilot in their tools in the, in the future. And I was reading today that Amazon just released their also their generative AI models, Google as well, Meta. So all companies are 
are, are launching new solutions and the interaction that people are having and the benefits that we are using generative artificial intelligence to improve our, our tasks uh, and content creation even, it's been a, a real game changer for the better and worse, obviously, because from one point, it's uh, almost instantaneously and really cheap to create content. But on the other point, there's a major question here, which is the authenticity and, uh, and the quality of the data that's being generated and the decisions that we are making based on information that AI is providing us. So that's a major point. Well, I think we'll dive into a little bit of that later when we talk about regulation. But just to sort of finish off some of the drivers, we, we've talked about COVID and all the different changes. Are there any other drivers that are really sort of pushing mm -hmm. this digital transformation forward? Yeah, I would say the one of the main ones is the, the decreasing cost of IoT computing storage and computing power. Because on one point nowadays, we can implement solutions. Like I was saying before, uh, a solution like ChatGPT would not be possible. Or it, it would be extremely expensive to, to, to implement and, and, and to develop five or 10 years ago. Because the cost of collecting data to analyze and process data in real time has decreased a lot over the years. And it's going to continue to decrease. And that's bringing an economic validation for some ideas and some business models that were not possible a couple of years ago. That's one point. And in a more industrial sector, we have seen that 5G is enabling other types of solutions that were not possible a couple of years ago. We are talking about collecting data via computer vision and automating tasks in real time, or even in the healthcare service, we are now considering using remote surgery. So robots connected with, uh, so we can have a really expert surgeon in New York performing an operation in London in real time. Well, let's dive into some of what this transformation actually means in practice. We've talked about what's driving it. What are we talking about here for digital transformation? And, and I guess not all organizations are at the same level, right? So talk us through what we mean by some of these, these different things. Yeah, I would say, obviously, different organizations are at different digital maturity levels, I would say. But I believe they all share the same vision. So the final goal is the same but some of them are more advanced than other ones. So I would say the, the companies that have a lower stage of digital maturity or the ones that are behind, their main focus nowadays is on task automation. So robotics to eliminate labor in repetitive tasks and RPAs, for example, for administrative tasks. So automating repetitive and simple tasks. Another one is systems integration. So how are we breaking information silos across departments and are giving instant visibility and traceability of information across processes and across departments? And another one, as I stated before, is digital customer experience or the way that we are connecting and selling to our customers. So in a more digital, digital way. So beginning e-commerce, for example. Uh, companies that are more or less more advanced uh, uh, in, in this type of issue so that you have been working on them for the last couple of years. So during pandemic, they were more prepared to implement new things. We are talking about an investment in process and task mining, which is taking advantage of all the data that we are collecting to improve our processes using artificial intelligence and machine learning predictive models and more advanced analytical solutions to do process optimization. And a major point here is cybersecurity, because nowadays this is, this, is, this is one point that's concerning all organizations from the private to the public sector. 
And I would say that the, the companies and the organizations that are more advanced in terms of digital transformation and the use of technology, their main concerns now are using AI and machine learning at scale. So they've been doing a lot of pilot projects in the last couple of years, but now they want to integrate AI, fully integrate AI in their processes at a larger scale. We are looking into the development of what we call autonomous intelligence systems, which is giving you an example. When we are on a process or a, in, a, in an equipment, we are collecting data in real time. We are analyzing that data with an AI or, or a machine learning model. And the AI is making predictions, simulating scenarios and taking actions autonomously. So without the intervention of a human. Uh, another point here is also the development of new business models or smart products. Okay, We've been seeing a launch of new products incorporating new technologies, uh, obviously with OpenAI and all the AI solutions that we've been seeing to launch since December is extremely huge. And also another major point is how can we use technology to drive sustainable change? So obviously, sustainability is also one of the strategic drivers of most organizations and governments today. And how can they use technology to speed up their sustainable change program? A very good example of that is the new, the, the model that's being implemented in the new BMW plant. And their business model for, for that plant is called Lean, Green and Digital. So how can they achieve high operational efficiency in a sustainable way, taking advantage of state-of-the-art technology? So that's a, a huge range of different things with different companies at different levels. Just moving away from uh, the business sector for a while, obviously, there's also digital transformation going on in government and across lots of public services. And you talked about healthcare uh, a little bit earlier. What are some of the changes that we are seeing in, in the public sector? Well, I would say the, the main focus from governments from the last decade has been to develop digital platforms to improve the experience that the that customers have using the, the, those public services. So platforms for you to validate your taxes, to renew licenses, to uh, update information regarding your social security. They use, for example, of advanced analytical solutions and artificial intelligence to improve the way that we are designing our cities in order to reduce traffic, uh, in order to improve the efficiency of public transportation. Those have been the, the major drivers for, for governments. And for example, in terms of healthcare, obviously telemedicine and the development of, of systems that, that we can connect using wearables also to provide better care for our elderly, for example. Those have been the major points that governments are, are developing in the last couple of years. So we talked a little bit about the need for regulation in your opening remarks. And I want to sort of think about this, new technologies inevitably being great opportunities for doing good and potential opportunities for doing harm. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's where regulation has to come in. How are governments doing in regulating within what's a really rapidly changing environment? Yeah. Well, I would say the, the, the major concern for governments in the last couple of years have been across data privacy and cybersecurity. So with the Data Privacy Act and European Union's General Data Protection Regulation, so GDPR, we've taken a major step into ensuring that we are protecting our citizens' data and privacy and avoiding foreign companies and foreign governments to, to access that information 
and to contain the damages that that could take. That's one point. Uh, a lot of regulation have been implemented regarding self-driving cars, for example, because it's one of the points that in here, obviously, we believe, at least I want to believe that self-driving cars will improve a lot the way that our society functions, for example. But there's also a lot of, a lot of concern regarding technology and replacing the workforce and, and increasing unemployment rate and also safety issues and ethical issues. For example, you cannot predict what an AI will do if they need to take a decision between a passenger or a, or a bystander. So all of that in terms of ethics for AI, in terms of data security, cybersecurity, uh, are the major, major trends in regulating. There's also a thing, thing that most central banks and governments are talking about, which is the central bank's digital currencies. That's something that's been a lot of talking about, but still no, no vision, nor, no integrated vision on how to incorporate that. But obviously, governments are starting to think about it. And also the... the dangers of AI in terms of leaving AI to make decisions for our, for our companies and for our citizens. So those are the main points about regulation that governments are talking about. But still, as, as you said, the, the technological change has been so fast that completely outpaces the regulatory efforts that governments are doing. Well, listen, so far we've been talking across all countries. I know from where you sit, you see many different countries, but I just want to get your opinions on basically how is the UK doing? How is the UK doing in terms of the industrial side of some of these things? How is the UK doing in terms of the public sector and the regulatory side of things? And, and I guess, are there other countries that have been doing particularly well that, that the UK could, could learn from? I would say the UK is investing a lot in uh, nowadays in in keeping up being a relevant power in terms of technology, mainly focused on AI. So I think one of the great examples that you have is the, the artificial intelligence strategy that was drafted for the UK for the next couple of years. Uh, obviously taking into account cybersecurity, taking into account how can they use AI to improve not only corporate the, the corporate world, but also the way that we are providing better services for, for the citizens, obviously. In terms of technology that governments are using, the US and, uh, and UK are, are working with companies like Palantir that are providing really state-of-the-art solutions powered by machine learning and data models to improve military efforts and, uh, and security, for example, to reduce uh, organized crime and reduce criminality, obviously using data that's, uh, that's available to the governments. And on the industrial side, We've been seeing, as I said, I think in the UK, uh, comparing to other countries in Europe, in Europe, namely Portugal or Spain, for example, I'm more familiar with, I would say the UK is in a more advanced stage in terms of digital maturity, but still a lot of opportunities for robotics and for the and for the for the use of data to improve the to, to improve processes. I would say for big multinational companies, a major trend has been process mining as well. So I think the UK has all the tools to really be a, an extremely relevant player in the technological world in the next couple of years, for sure. Well, let's conclude by looking forward a little bit. How will this change in the next five years? Where will we have got to globally? And also a little bit about, you know, where will the UK have got to globally in five years? Well, most of the organizations and and 
research institutes are talking about industry 5.0, which is the evolution of our, our current model with even more incorporation of AI and robotics on our day-to-day -day life. But in here, I would like to refer to a concept that was been developing in Japan for the last couple of years, which is Society 5.0. And in Society 5.0, we are refocusing our efforts and our technological development into really the advancement of the, the human society as a whole. So it's really human-centric, obviously, with a, a large pillar of sustainability and how can we use technology from our public and private organizations? How can they use technology to improve the, the citizens and society's way of life? This is mainly focused on uh, advancing medicine to improve our life expectancy using advanced AI for disease detection, for cancer treatments, from remote medicine as well, from wearables to control some parameters uh, almost in real time and doctors can prescribe treatments in real time based on, on what we are feeling. It's mainly focused on improving public services. So really taking advantage of, uh, of AI, taking advantage of the electric, electric vehicles and self-driving cars, uh, self-driving technology to improve public transportation and obviously to reduce carbon emissions. And overall, it's a, it's a refocus on how can we use technology to free humans from more repetitive and labor-intensive tasks so we can improve our society as a whole. It's basically changing from a concept that we are nowadays collecting a lot of data, but we still have humans to analyze the data and to make decisions, to have, have that all being done by AI and freeing humans to do more value-added tasks and more creative work as well. And that presumably changes the world of work and presumably changes the world of education to prepare mm. people to work. Are we, are we ready for this? It seems like it's happening very quickly. Yeah. And the, the speed of change uh, has been ever increasing and it's going to increase even more in the future. I would say one of the main challenges that we have as a society is how fast can we train and retrain our people into, into doing new tasks and, and, and learning new capabilities. Because a couple of decades ago, we would say one generation could start a job and do that job until, uh, until someone retires. Nowadays, we are seeing that every five or 10 years, all the tools that we use on our daily work are completely different. So we really need to focus on how we are evolving our education system and how we are preparing people to be more uh, to adapt faster to the new reality and to new technologies. And I would say that's the major challenge that we face for the next couple of years, for sure. Well, it's going to be a really fascinating time to see how all of this develops. That's all we've got time for today. But uh, Pedro Lorenco, thank you very much. Thanks, Gavin. It was a pleasure. You've been listening to the podcast from the Foundation for Science and Technology. My guest this week was Pedro Lorenco, Head of Digital Transformation Consulting at the Kaizen Institute. You can find more details about the Foundation for Science and Technology on our website at www.foundation.org.uk. The website has details of all our events, all our blogs, journals, and all previous editions of this podcast. Until the next time, goodbye.